rattan. What the? Where the frick am I? Coming up, Peanut Hamper returns as she crash lands on a planet inhabited by bird people. Please, please don't dismantle me. I'll tell you anything you want to know about Starfleet. I'll give you all their code. Will Peanut Hamper become a kinder, gentler version of her former self? I just wish I could go back and do the right thing, but Starfleet would never forgive me. Or will she continue to be as prissy and selfish as ever? Keep it in your pants, sister. I'm not trying to steal your bird man. All this and more coming up on the Lower Decks edition of Energize. 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 We're satirically going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Lower Decks edition podcast. Your source for hilarious analysis, colorful debate, and fun discussions about adventures of Ensign Beckett Mariner and the USS Cerritos Lower Decks crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, the derelict now AWOL robot Starfleet officer Peanut Hamper reemerges on a planet full of seemingly primitive bird people. Will Peanut Hamper finally learn the error of her ways and become a better exocamp, or will she wreak havoc? Here's a warp speed recap of Episode 7 of Star Trek Lower Decks a mathematically perfect redemption. Personal log. I'm stranded with a bunch of hillbilly birds on a planet that's never even been first contacted. You are the first visitor in my lifetime. Oh, f- I beg of your pardon? Yeah, it's just something we space folks say when we're stranded on a backwater planet with no culture. That space box is what the Ancient Ones warned us about. Peanut Hamper is a living being. She deserves our respect. Yeah! Sky snakes! That's no sky snake. That's your body sky! We don't have much time. They're tearing the very ground apart. Someone has to get on that Drukbani ship and disable it. But who could go undetected? While avoiding alien warriors. Well, guys, it's me. I'm the one who could do it. No, Peanut, it's too dangerous. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, baby. But you aren't even a few. You're just one. No, I'm Starfleet. All right, Steve, so this was a... (laughs) Freaking hilarious episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. Peanut Hamper returns. I know, and totally unexpected. I, I didn't, you know, I don't, I try not to look at what's happening next week. Um, I don't look ahead. I really want to be surprised. This was such a surprise, this episode. Yes, and so what they did to refresh everyone's memory, instead of doing a bit, a reality bit on the Cerritos, what yeah. they did was they actually did a previously on like you would see in most TV shows. So they said, previously on Star Trek Lower Decks, we saw Peanut Hamper's betrayal during the battle with the Packlets at the end of season one, where she literally, they asked her to go aboard the Packlet ship and plant a virus because she's a robot. Right. And right. she refused to do it and literally gave the crew of the Cerritos, the middle finger, and said, so long. And she said, sucks to be organic, and literally beamed out of the ship into space to watch the battle ensue. 
Yeah, and, and it, I loved everything about this. Um, I, I want to say one quick note. I, I know that I noticed this a lot in television. Maybe you know this too. Whenever you have a ten episode series of something, usually the sixth or seventh episode is always what I call a departure episode, where they just step away from the usual and they tell a different story in a different way. And this was exactly the same thing to start with her, you know, obviously an expanded version of her in space. They, they pick up the story uh, a little bit more in that, in that previously on. And then they just go right into the title sequence with her just floating around in space after being abandoned by the crew or when the, the crew were rescued by the Titan. And I just found it awesome. I loved it. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was great because I always wondered what was going to happen to Peanut Peanut Hamper? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just like, they've got to go back and revisit that story. Now, in our in the super tease for the season, we did catch a glimpse of Peanut Hamper, so I we knew that we would see her at some point. But the big question was yeah. how, yeah, and what was the story going to be? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I just thought it was really great. So she's out there floating in space, watching the battle. Yeah, and you know, she's being a selfish, a selfish bratty, yeah, for lack of a better word, bitch. And so it was, it was a trip to see her watching the battle yeah. and Lieutenant she watches Lieutenant Shaxx die yeah. and she was like oh good choice and yeah. then she's sitting there waiting for the Cerritos to be destroyed and yeah. then is shocked when the Titan flies in and, and she's she thinks like, that the Titan's gonna pick her, pick her up exactly she's like well you certainly you want to save me too right and then they, they leave and she's like ah that's okay someone will come get me <laughs> not not exactly and that's where they go into the title sequence which is totally different where they spend the credits and showing her floating in space waiting to be rescued um, there was a I thought it was awesome. Oh my God. It just was so fantastic. I just love what they're doing. They're taking so many liberties. They're not sticking always to the script, so to speak. And I just, I, I just, I blew me away. I was so, I, I just, I thought this is going to be a great episode. I could just tell. Yeah. And this was an episode that threw curveballs and I, and I yeah. have to really give a, a salute to the writers at Star Trek Lower Decks yeah. because they are not playing into the same tropes that many shows do, where you right. can just absolutely predict what's going to happen. And they led us in directions and then completely threw us a curveball. But we'll get into that. Yeah, absolutely. What we need to focus on is getting this nacelle working so we can get the hell out of Junksville. I scraped up enough dilithium to juice it to warp factor 0.02, maybe 0.03 if we're lucky. So we open act one and, you know, Peanut Hamper's still out there floating around the wreckage from that battle. And she's putting together... Uh, what looks like to be maybe her own ship to get herself out of there. But while she's doing it, she's just mocking the Cerritos crew and trashing them and um, just being the, the typical bitch that she is. Be a hero, Peanut Hamper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The needs of the many outweighs the needs of few, Peanut Hamper. Yeah. What about the, need, what about the needs of me? You right. know, she, and she's like, kill myself for a bunch of random people I just met three hours ago. Right, it was my right. first day. I just right. thought that was nuts. I was just like, you self-absorbed you self brat. Yeah. You know, it was just freaking hilarious. And it's, it's, it's just adorable what she's doing. She's talking to this uh, puppet of herself, in a way, called Sophia, and it's so much like, I, the first thing I'm thinking is like, oh, that's Wilson from, you know, Castaway. She's even drawn a face on it and she's talking to it. She's like, what are you talking about, Sophia? Oh my God, you're so right. Like, she's just talking like Sophia is talking to her. Yeah, and it's very clear by all of her mocking that she just doesn't get what Starfleet's all about. Yeah. But she did say in that, in that season finale, episode one, that she basically joined Starfleet to piss off her dad. Yeah, yeah, that's hysterical. We make a pretty good team, don't we, Sophie? I hope you know that whatever happens out there, 
You've got a friend for life. Finally, one day, a ship shows up, and it's a, it looks like a freighter. It just looks like a, this random ship, and it bangs into the debris, and she's like, oh, I'm going to be saved. But actually, it's, it's a scavenger ship, and it starts to pull up all of the debris, and she's part of that debris. Yeah, and so she's being pulled up, and in true peanut hamper form, she sells out her friend, her 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 Wilson of <laughs> her sorts, Wilson, Sophia. Sophia yeah. Sorry, sorry, Sophia, and she sticks Sophia and jams up the beam, and then gets on her warp nacelle that she built and gets gets the heck out of there. And that was great too, because the ship, you know, was like for one burst. You know, it didn't really didn't go very well with the ship, and uh, she gets out enough to get away from that um, that uh, scavenger ship, but it kind of poops out and, and, and she winds up, you know, barreling toward this planet. What? Rattan? What the? Where the frick am I? Ah! Mr. Beastbox has awoken! No, no, no need to pretend. I know you are awake. You've been rebuilding your power for days. Your metal body is fascinating. Wow, Scaramouch, I don't know you, sir. You're being very creepy. And so then she wakes up on this on the planet Rattan, and a bird man you know, <laughs> tells her that she's in no danger, so she's all freaked out. And right. every time she speaks in this episode, she's lobbing an insult. Yeah. She's just a bag full of insults, one after the other. <laughs> she's so Condescending. Good. Yeah, and, and this character is played by a young lady named Kether Donahue, who just plays it to the hilt. Uh, she owns the character so well. It's like she's part of the crew. She's so comfortable with what she's doing. I, I just believed every minute, and she was hysterical. Everything that came out of her, and it's curse words everywhere. Um, you know, it's just so great. No, she sounds like an entitled bratty teenager yeah. the entire time. I mean, yeah. she she nails it. So this this Birdman is is fascinated with her metal body, yeah. and he witnessed her fall from the sky. Right. So he and he tells her, you know, you've been you know uh, regenerating your power, and then that was the first like uh, not red flag, but just the first like, wait a minute, okay, you're primitive, but how do you know about regenerating? Yeah. Power. Right, and he and he doesn't really explain. He does tell her that they live very simply, but there's not a lot of clues yet until they get out into the town square and they're walking around. Wait, you're not in the Federation? The what now? So no ships come here? Like, ever? You are the first visitor in my lifetime. Oh, f***. I beg of your pardon. Yeah, it's just something we space folks say when we're stranded on a backwater planet with no culture. So basically, he establishes the fact that um, his name is uh, Kalturos, and uh, he and she and he introduces her to his people. So he's you know uh, taking her around, and you know he he makes a point that they haven't seen any off off world off worlders, and he doesn't know anything about Starfleet. Right. So it takes you back to okay, these people are really really primitive. Yeah. But he knows about you know regenerating. So yeah. Yeah, and so they're walking through the square, and she says, she says the F word. I just, I love how, and in this whole episode, it's just being thrown around, and I love that they bleep it. It's so fantastic. And she, she says, fuck, and he's like, what does that mean? And she goes, oh, it's just something we space folks say when we're stranded on a backwater planet with no escape. And just that 
awesome attitude was so great. Yeah. But what, what was really another tip off that they did right before the sun comes out is that there's this kid who gives uh, her a rattle or something, and she's like, ah, oh, what is this? And then she gives the kid a piece of candy using her replicator. And so one person says, this is what the ancient ones warned, warned us about. Right. You know? Right. And so now you're you're starting to put together something that, what, okay, now what, who are the ancients and what ancient ones and what did they say? Right. You know? So it, it's very interesting. But then all of a sudden, the crowd parts and Kaltur's son comes through. This is my son, Rauda. While you are here, he will show you our ways and be your guide. Father, I, I am next to be the village leader. I can't be seen fraternizing with this mechanical creature. Getting some major village bad boy vibes from Raw Dog, am I right? And he's just he's just a big dude, and his name is Raw Da, and she just calls him Raw Dog. <laughs> I so thought great. that I just I, I spit uh, up my drink when she said oh my Okay bro dog. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. So and he's awesome. like like totally, you know, dismissing her. Yeah. He, you know, the, the father is tasking him to to show her the ways of their people. Right. And then he's just re- he's just really flip about it. Right. You know, and then she's just like, Oh, I'm getting some real bad boy vibes here. Yeah. Raw dog. Raw dog. <laughs> That's not my name. There's a bit of a set to there, and he turns around and leaves because there's a bit of a challenge. You know, Radha wants to, you know, act like he's the king or at least, you know, uh, challenge his father, who's the leader. And the father's like, you're not ready for leadership because of your, you know, attitude and all that. So he, Radha walks away. Personal log. I'm stranded with a bunch of hillbilly birds on a planet that's never even been first contacted. I could still put out a distress call if I wanted Starfleet security to toss me in a penal colony, which isn't the worst option because there's nothing going on here. And then we we get to uh, uh, Peanut Hamper by herself, and she's doing her personal log. And the best line, she's just like, I'm stranded on this planet with a bunch of hillbilly birds. That was that was funny. I mean, because she's just completely dismissive, and I and yeah. I'm wondering the whole, you know I'm like is, is this girl this robot is she gonna learn anything? Um, yeah. And I'm just like I, I guess not. Uh, so but the deal is though she's smart enough not to send a distress call uh, because she she basically would get court martialed the moment anyone anyone from Starfleet showed up. Right. So she's not gonna send it. Right. Um, so she spends a day with uh, Rada. <laughs> I just like saying that. Raw it's, insulting him. And and she's insulting him all the way. So does, like, every animal on this planet have wings? Of course they do. Of course they do. That's not the use in this quadrant, FYI. Not that you'd know anything about anything. And they're they're kind of walking around, and and suddenly (laughs) they look up and they're like, Sky Snake, and she's like, wait a second, you all literally fly in the sky. Why'd you had to add Sky Snake? Why could you just call it a snake? Like yeah, everything, everything on the says. planet flies. It has wings. Everything has wings. Uh, I wonder if they, if they, I wonder if that was a line in the writers' room where they're like, "Oh, let's introduce a sky snake," and the guy's like, "Well, why would you call it a sky snake?" I could see that coming out of the writers' room discussion. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that was really funny. No one has ever survived a sky snake attack. Death will be swift. And when- <gasps> Annie Venom. <gasps> oh. Father. How did you? Yeah, yeah, calm down. It's called science. And then um, all of a sudden there's an emergency and we yeah. see, we find that um, uh, Radha's father has been uh, bitten by, bitten. yeah, he's been bitten by the sky snake and is yeah. uh, on the verge of dying. Yeah, the, the snake bit him, he stabbed the snake, they're both lying there. 
Um, and of course, Peanut Hamper's like, oh, no worries, I can take care of that. And they're like, oh, we have to say goodbye to him, he's gonna die. She's like, hang on, Psst. she gives him like a hypo spray or something, and he just snaps right back up. And suddenly she's this huge hero. And so Life at the Village, you know, she's just walking around. Everybody knows who she is. She's improved their lives. She's healed various people, <laughs> done various things. Yep. Uh, you, uh, They go to the hatchery where, yeah. you know, just like in real life, there's a percentage of eggs that never hatch in real life. But yeah. she goes through and gets them all 30 of the hatchlings to, to yeah. come out, you know, they're alive. So... She's, I thought that was, just, you know, I thought that was going to be something like um, that. I, I, I kept thinking, oh, that's going to be a problem later. Like, you know, half of them are supposed to die or something like that. You know? Yeah, but, it, did, it did cross my mind. I was yeah. just like, OK, so this means she's going to ups- upset some kind of balance yeah. that's going to come back to bite everyone later. Yeah. Uh, but it just shows that that she, A, is really breaking prime directive. Oh, she's totally. still a Starfleet officer, oh, yeah. technically. Of yeah, you're not supposed to interfere. Oh she's my God, she's doing like, that cares? every turn. <laughs> yeah, See? yeah. It's peaceful up here. It's my favorite place to hide. Growing up, all my dad wanted me to do was stay with him and the other exocomps. But now I can imagine a life in one place, here, with you. So Radha is impressed by this, and he, he takes her flying. Um, dude, there's so many images in this in this episode, uh, taking her flying reminds me of Superman. Um, flying through the village reminds me of Avatar. There's flying turtles. Exactly, <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, there, there's just so much, uh, there's so much imagery that they borrow with pride, as a friend of mine used to say. Um, and it, it's just, it's just it, this really is an Avatar. It's shaping up to kind of be like an Avatar episode. She's the outcast with all the other people, and she's kind of starting to become... One of them, because on this flight, they start to, you know, like each other. They start to become close. Yeah, he takes her to his his beautiful overlook, and they they (laughs) bond over the fact that they're both people, (laughs) they're they're, they're both beings who are trying to live up to their parents' expectations. Sure. And and this is when they have their moment, you know, and then, uh, you know, they end up making love. Oh my yeah. Gosh. Well, if you if you want to call it that, I mean, like, <clears throat> the, 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 she remarks that the pieces are different, and they try to kiss, and he he sticks out his bird tongue. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I I was cracking up because he goes he so goes great. oh how long for the touch of your nozzle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so great. So our, then our pieces are so different. It's so different. In the distant past, the Arior were a spacefaring species. I'm sorry, what? Wait, like you guys have had technology this entire time? No, but our ancestors did. It only brought them misery in the form of endless wars with alien species. Cut to now, uh, you know, post whatever they did, and he takes her to this secret place, which, again, reminds me of the Tim Burton... Uh, version of Planet of the Apes when um, Mark Wahlberg discovers the crashed ship, which is in the Forbidden Zone. Right. So they they walk through this cave and turns out they were a space-faring species at one time. Yeah, yeah, and that was a that was a, a great surprise. Now, but that makes complete sense yeah. that the elders do know about technology. Sure. Right. And the, the elders are always entrusted with the secrets that are passed down anyway. So right. 
um, you know, Radar knows knows about this. Yes, and and it and it, and it, and it, it, it explains everything, and it comes back to bite us later on. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, they're not going to leave this one alone. It is interesting um, that he knew about it. He doesn't say anything, but in, in this moment, in this cave, he turns to her. And he's like, you know what? You've changed our lives. You've changed my life. Yeah, and then she turns around and she basically, you know, say, he says, you're good. And she says, no, I'm not good. And she confesses all of her yeah. transgressions against the Sarita's crew yep. and um, all of her misdeeds. And, and he says, well, you know, basically, you know, you don't have to look to the past. You can look to me. And basically they, they make out again. Yeah, and I buy it because, you know, I, I think – you know, she's she's seeing that she's valuable. She's seeing that she makes a difference. She she knows that they have more in common than they realize. And I, I thought that was good. So what happens next? They're getting married. Sky snakes! That's no sky snake. That's your body scavengers. They were the ones who were trying to take me from that debris field. They must have tracked me here. Just stay calm, my love. This is all my fault. Don't let them take me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like she has a veil on. Yeah, I'm just a like, veil. oh my goodness, this is getting like super ridiculous. She's floating around and her dress is just the veil. Yeah. So um yeah, so they're 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 about to get get married when yeah. all of these uh ships, these scavenger ships come flying in. Right. And these were the sh- this is the ship that originally had uh showed up at the wreckage site and she was able to escape from, but it seems as though they've tracked her and followed her to the planet and they, they jump down from their shuttle and they're like, you've got, you know, uh, used old uh, wreckage and we want it. We're, we're staking our claim on it. You, and they're like, well, you can't take it. You'll destroy our whole village. And he's like, it's worthless. What do you care? But he didn't even hear that it's gonna ruin their whole village. Uh, Captain, we're receiving a distress call from Peanut Hamper? It looks like she's transmitting from a planet called Areolas. Areol, Areola, it's a, a pre-warp civilization. So now she's in distress and breaking the prime directive. Mr. Boimler, set a course for Areolas, maximum warp. And so Peanut Hamper decides to send a distress a, a distress call out, and yeah. the Cerritos picks it up, and they're like, oh, we gotta go to the planet Areolas. Areolas? Areolas. Areolas. I, don't, I don't know what to, Areola. Uh, who cares? Let's it's just a primitive go. planet. Exactly. It's a primitive planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he's aware of what he just said. Oh yeah, it was my hilarious. God, that was so great. So, you know, she's she's helping again because the these um, scavengers are trashing the place and she she risks her own uh, entrapment and court martial by saving her friend. It's too dangerous. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, baby. But you aren't even a few. You're just one. No, I'm Starfleet. Yeah, and so there was a great buildup there. So they're talking yeah. about we need we need to send somebody on the ship uh, to to destroy it from the inside to take right. it down. And then she's like, "Oh, that's me." So it's the same situation that happened in the right. season finale of season one. But right. this time she steps in. So I'm like, "Okay, well maybe this maybe this robot really is re- uh, reformed. Maybe right. she's learned the lessons being being with these people because she cares about them. Because she did say earlier, you know, that organics, that you know, that they're special." Because, you know, they are fragile. Yeah. And so I think that she's completely bought it at this point. I think so, too. And she gets in that shuttle, and I'm like, oh, my God, look at her go. And she flies the shuttle and smashes through the side of the ship, jumps out, starts knocking people down, and runs over to the computer to, I guess, 
uh, implant some kind of code or virus that, that messes it up and it begins to crash down toward the planet and all the bird people and the Cerritos crew who are now witnessing this think that she's you know, given her life to, to, to sacrifice for, to make this ship crash. But now I understand love and sacrifice. I feel a call to duty and I, I need to rededicate my life to Starfleet. So Captain Freeman and Lieutenant Shax and Tindy come you know, beam down uh, just at the end of the end, end of this the the ship crashing, yeah. and the the you know the bird people basically you know praise her for everything that she's done because yeah. you know she's not wanting to, she's not wanting to go to the brig right and they're like well we have to work out some things and everything but no no we're here to celebrate the fact that we could see we saw everything you you sacrificed and, yeah. and that kind of thing oh but there's another turn. <laughs> We received a subspace communication, an invitation that said these ships were scraps of junk for the taking, and we would be met with no resistance if we hauled them away. He's lying. It came from a prissy little robot, peanut butter. (gasps) (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, This guy is so full of it. Obviously, we recorded it. So people survived the crash, the, the, the scavengers, and so they jump into one of the remaining bird ships. Uh, that's down there, and it's working, and they steal it and s- shoot off into space and start trying to attack the Cerritos with this really intense weapon. Yeah, they're very sophisticated. Actually, their weaponry is better than the Cerritos. So Cerritos is getting, you know, is getting their ass kicked, and they're like, well, yeah. you know, what, why are you attacking us? Why are you attacking this peaceful species? And they're like, you know, we were invited. Well, that's that's the thing. Like, so Ransom is like he he doesn't necessarily order to fire back or evasive maneuvers. He's like open a channel, <laughs> which I think is it was kind of strange, but it was to set this up and and to say, hey guys, why are you attacking me? And they're like, we were invited here. And yeah, like by who? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's what uh, Ph says. Gee, who could have done that? And he goes, it was you. Because so, they're all now connected via comms, and they're like, it was you. You sent us a signal, and she's like. No, I didn't. And um, <laughs> so great. She goes, no, I didn't. And he goes, well, obviously we recorded it. <laughs> and and there she is being dismissive. Oh, you can come here, get the ships. They don't oh need God. them. They're primitive. Totally. You'll, you'll get them without resistance. I was just like, oh, my gosh. It was She's so great. Back. So She's great. back to her old self. And, and at some point uh, during the attack, I think, um, I, I don't know, maybe this isn't the right time, but even the scavenger guy, the leader of the scavenger ship, when his engines are overloading, he's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, everyone's just swearing. It's just so great. But, but Peanut. Oh, my God. Just shut the f*** up, Rauda. Grow a f***ing beak. I wasn't going to spend the rest of my very long robotic life on a freaking bird planet. Uh, how could you? Oh, boy. Here comes the waterworks. This guy cries at everything. He even cries after we do it. And so the thing is, uh, Raw Dawes is completely shocked and saddened. Yes. And, 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 she dis- and she disses him in the middle of his despair. She's like, totally. shut the fuck up. Grow a beak. <laughs> Raw Dog, hey, grow a beak. <laughs> grow a beak. Stop crying. My God, he cries at everything. Oh, and, man. Oh, and, my God. Oh, she, did, so she, she basically took his manhood right then. He totally. was done. Totally. And it turns out, you know, she staged the whole thing, the calling Starfleet. Um, she just didn't want to be stuck on that bird planet anymore. For the flock! So basically, Rawdaw jumps in one of the bigger bird yeah. ships and goes up there and attacks 
the other bird ship that had been taken by the scavengers and disables it. Yeah. So he's, he literally is the one that saves the day. Yeah. So Crybaby <laughs> saves the day. And yep. uh, so so after all this, you know, she's like, you know, trying to appear and just like, hey, what's up, y'all? You know, she'd been hit by, she had walked off a second yeah. ago and gotten yeah. hit by a burning, a falling burning tree. Yeah. And then now she's <laughs> like, okay, all's well and ends well. And she's like, hey, you want to come back to the ship? And Captain Freeman was like, hell no. Yeah. And then she's like, I don't care. Like she goes right back to just being awful. We did it! Organics and technology working together. Get out of here! Oh, whatever. I didn't want to stay here anyway. You're like the poor man's Aurelians. Come on, Captain. Let's beam out of this hole. And and then she's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna call the Borg. And she tries to raise her antenna and they keep yeah, they just shutting it. it down. Yeah. Pushing it back in. Stop. Yep. Stopping Stop. her, stopping her. And and yep. and you realize that we have all been duped. We've been taken down this huge rabbit hole that fooled the Birdman, it fooled the Scavengers, it fooled Cerritos, and it fooled us. She was a, a complete character, incredibly well written and really well voiced. I just, I was, I, I love departure episodes in all series, and this was one of my favorites. It just, it was so great. And of course, the ending was great too. Who the hell are you? I am Agamus. And I think you and I could do awful things together. <laughs> no, stop it! You stop laughing with us! Nobody invited you guys! Stop! Yeah, so she's uh, basically put into custody with a bunch of, I guess, errant, errant robots. You know, sentient robots. And then yeah. um, there's one that's annoying and she doesn't want to talk to that one. And then she's talking to this other one. And basically it looks like these two are going to conspire. So we may see Peanut Hamper again. Yeah, so that they, she was put in some kind of prison in Starfleet. Were they in Starfleet headquarters? It looked like they were in San Francisco. I couldn't tell. Um, but yeah, and it was just this huge, vast, you know, as they zoom out, there's these little tiny cells for all these little computers. My question, of course, is why don't they just turn them off? But the answer is because there wouldn't be another fun episode coming up someday. So yes, she may play a huge part down the road. And she's such a great character that I want more. I want so much more of her. Oh, I love it. I just like hearing what comes out of her mouth because she's yeah. so dismissive and rude and ugly <laughs> and bratty. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So I was so happy uh, that they brought Peanut Hamper back for this episode. It yeah. really made the whole episode. Plus dealing with birds, bird people. And yeah. it was really, really great. It was, it was just awesome. So that leads us to what were our top two moments in this episode? Okay. Uh, do you want me to start or do you want to do it this time? No, <clears throat> go ahead. Tee it off. Okay, I would say my 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 number two is just the amount of swearing <laughs> and the, just the overall attitude of this episode. It was just a don't give a damn, throw in a bunch of curse words, bleep them out. Everyone's swearing. Um, it just just that naughtiness of it. I and uh, you know I, I loved it. I just I really loved the attitude of this show. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I have to go with you on that one because that that's what made the episode was just her being dismissive and all the things that she was saying, you know? Be a hero, pen and ha pen yeah. like peanut hamper. Yeah. Kill myself for a bunch of randoms, yeah. you know? I yeah. just met three hours ago. It's yeah. my first day. I just, I just love every comment she said was Every funny. comment she said and every curse word and everything. Just it was so irreverent. Uh, but my favorite was actually just one moment 
and it was in the middle of this fight when it turns out that Peanut Hamper had uh, invited or, or requested or signaled to the scavengers to come, and she's denying it. She's denying it, and he's like, um, "You know, you asked us to come," and she's like, "God, oh, that's crazy." And he goes, "Obviously, we recorded it," which. I just spit, I was drinking coffee at the moment and I just spit out just the way he delivered the line. <laughs> I don't know. I just loved it. It was such a great moment. Oh, it was fantastic. It was a wonderful reveal. Bravo to the writers because yeah. you know they led us in so many directions. You didn't know how it was going to end. Yeah. You know, and 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 if this was if this were a cheesy '80s show, she oh. would have made a full one. She would have. She and, would have learned exactly. Exactly. It's like the yeah. Seinfeld, the Seinfeld uh, edict. You know what the Seinfeld edict is for every episode they wrote? No, no hugging, no learning. No, <laughs> no the more you knows. Yeah, and that, that exactly. was an NBC show. So. All right. So, what's your number one? Yep. Uh, my number one was the uh, <laughs> the awkward uh, oh, bird sex? to robot sex. <laughs> yeah, that was freaking hilarious. I was just like, no freaking yeah. way. You're right. That was. That was terrific. It was a little bit like Team America World Police when they had that sex scene. Did you ever see? <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I remember that. But oh, it, the line, the line will stick with me. Oh, how long for the touch of your nozzle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, that was that was my number one, man. That this was yeah. a wonderful, wonderful yeah. episode. Uh, we have three more to go. So yeah. I think we're now we're now at a pace. So yeah. something's going to happen. Something big is going to happen. You know they're going to do it. Yeah, and they've set up a lot. I think they've set up a lot of stories individually throughout this season. And there may be a peanut hamper. There may be, who knows, maybe Rutherford goes nuts again. Or uh, I don't think they're going to let it go lightly to the end of the season because last season's ender was so big and intense. I think they're they're headed right for that again. Well, that does it for this edition of Energize, a Star Trek Lord Dex edition podcast. If you want to hear more episodes of Energize, go to www.energizepodcasts with an S. Com. There you'll have a Strange New Worlds edition of Energize and the Lower Decks edition of Energize. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper, bitches. Ah!